This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. The Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip a lot of the recap uh, simply just because we've got, we've got some ground we want to cover. Last week, though, we did talk about the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus pre and post birth. That the Holy Spirit at conception, when, when Mary asked the angel, when the angel told her that she was going to have a son, and Mary said, how is this going to happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel said, the power, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So we talked about the fact that if, if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth, and if you believe, if you start there, Genesis 1, Genesis 1, 1, if you can believe that it was God who created this that we're living in, and that we're not just here randomly, and it wasn't just a, a big cosmic random occurrence, that it was designed by a perfect God who created a wonderful earth and put us on. If we can believe that, then it makes believing the rest of the Bible very easy. People say, well, I, I just don't see how miracles will happen. Well, let's go back to Genesis 1-1. How did this earth happen? God created it. He made it. And because of that, then it makes it easier to believe the rest of this. So to, when people say, well, I just can't believe the virgin birth, I'm like, are you serious? The God who made us? I mean, that's, to me, that's an easy one. That's real easy. And in fact, what's easy to marry? Because the angel said, Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, power of the most, the, the highest is going to overshadow you, and that which is born of you will be called the Son of God. Mary went, okay. You, you know, isn't that, a good, isn't that a good response? Lord tells you something instead of going, I don't know. I don't know. Well, in, in fact, actually, Mary had a, uh, had a relative that did that I don't know thing. It didn't pan out too well for him. His name, just like six months before, uh, Zacharias. Remember Zacharias? He's, he was a priest. He was in the, he's the father of John the Baptist. He and his wife were old and hadn't had any children. And angel shows up and says, Zacharias, you're going to have, you and your wife, your prayers are heard, and you and your wife are going to have a baby. And Zacharias could have said, oh, give thanks to the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. He could have thanked God right there because, you know, Abraham and Sarah had a baby when they were old. And actually, Samson's parents were old. And so, you know, God's been rejuvenating people for a long time. And he could have gone, praise God. He goes, how do I know you're telling me the truth? That did not go over big with Gabriel. Gabriel said, I'm Gabriel. I'm about to drop a mic on you, Hoss, because it, it is not going to be good for you. In fact, he said, he said you're not going to be able to talk until the child is born. You know why? Because he, he'd have probably come home and told his wife, I had the strangest thing today happened to me. I saw an angel. He said, we're going to have a baby, but pff, that ain't going to happen. He didn't even get a chance to say that. He went home. His wife said, hey, honey. He went, hmm. How was your day? <laughs> She's about all good. Come here, sweetie. Let me get you a favorite meal. It'll all be better later. When the baby was born, they were going to name him Zacharias. And Zacharias said, I said, he was like, he still could talk. He's like, mm. So he wrote out, his name is John. About nine months of silence. Straighten that boy out really good. He's like, his name is John. What he said was, this wasn't any accident. This was God's doing. 
And as soon as he did that, his mouth opened. The Bible said the Holy Spirit came on him, and he began to prophesy about what that boy was going to be. So, but he had nine months of silence to think about it. <laughs> so here's the deal. that when, when we read something in God's Word, maybe a promise, something even I talked about tonight, God's goodness, his ability to turn things around, his ability to protect, instead of going, I don't know, just go, sounds good. I'm in. Sound like a wonderful thing. Praise God. Thanks for your wonderful works. Just a thought. Okay. Holy Spirit encouraged Mary during her pregnancy. We, we talk about Mary, and, and, and some people have made uh, you know, Mary out to, to be uh, almost deified. Mary was very much a, a person just like we are. She was blessed. She's a good lady. And uh, you know, she had to receive her son as her savior. But can you imagine the pressure she's getting when she's telling, she and Joseph, I, I, how are you going to tell people? I'm pregnant. It's the Holy Spirit. So they thought she had, had been sleeping around on Joseph. And there was pressure on her. So let's, let's see what happens. Luke, first chapter, 39 through 43. Now Mary rose in those days and went to the hill country with haste. I mean, she was moving to a city of Judah, and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Zacharias wasn't saying anything because he's still in the silent phase. <laughs> and it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Can you imagine how Mary dealt with so many you know the glances she would get small town she's pregnant she's walking through the streets and you, and you see people talking and you begin to feel that pressure she knows she's doing what God called her to do but it still is pressure and it still isn't pleasant but she goes in and she, she calls out hey Elizabeth and, and, it, and, it, and the scripture said immediately the babe John the Baptist leaped in her womb and Elizabeth began to speak out how could Elizabeth how could Elizabeth know that she was getting, she's only three months pregnant? How did Elizabeth even know she was pregnant? It's not like she sent her a text. Hey, Liz, had a pregnancy. I'm coming up your way. Get, get me a room ready. She, she rolled in, and, and then we're, we're talking still three months pregnant, and Elizabeth says, how is it the mother of my Lord should come to me? Hadn't seen anything. But don't you know that encouraged Mary? To have someone go, oh, oh, darling, <laughs> you're not sleeping around. You are blessed, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And what you're carrying is somebody special. Don't you know that encouraged her? The Holy Spirit can encourage you. He can, he can send someone by just to share a word that does nothing but bless you. And they may not even know they've done it. And I'll tell you something, and if you'll be used that way just to encourage people, what a difference they can make in their life. A number of years ago when Joe and I had the, the singles ministry at Lakewood, we had stepped in, and I mean, we, we had all kinds of turmoil and strife when we started, and people were staying away in droves, and I, a lady came to I me, mean, I'll never forget, she came to me after one Friday, she said, I felt good till I came in here. <laughs> And now I'm so depressed. This, this, was, this was the beginnings of my, my, my ministry. It really was, it really was encouraging. 
I look up one night, we had, an, uh, we had a, a, two Elvis impersonators and their mom. <laughs> and mama had to be at least pushing 110, and the Elvis impersonator had the hair slicked back. Welcome to my singles group. So I was a little bit a little discouraged. I mean, the numbers had dwindled down. I think one night we had 19 people. And the numbers had just discouraged. And we had a little lady named Ma Brown. Ma, Ma Brown, she came to our singles group, but Ma Brown had been around for a long time. She personally knew Abraham Lincoln. She, uh, she, uh, <laughs> and she's just one of those old ladies, these old Ma Brown, real sweet. I'll never forget, though. She walked up to me, and, and I'd just come in church. I'd just fiddle. So, and she pointed her finger to me. She said, I'm going to tell you something. She said, what you're doing is good. She said, and God's with you. And this is going to be a blessing. Turned around and walked off. Like, woman doesn't realize how close I was to quitting. But you know who does know? The Holy Spirit. And I'm just so grateful that after, after Ma Brown just dropped a word on me pretty hard. But it, it helped me and it lifted. And here's Mary just having to deal with all this outside pressure and now finally somebody says, the mother of my Lord has come to me. Well, that's a pretty big deal. Now, here's another one that happened. We see it again, just pointing out different instances of the Holy Spirit involved. And by the way, he's the same Holy Spirit today. He still does the same things. There was, um, Jesus was confirmed at his birth, at his dedication. Let's read this. There was a man in Luke 2. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. So you're talking about waiting for the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. Notice it said he revealed that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the anointed one. So he came by the Spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, you are now letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. That's, now, this is time to think about it. That's a pretty wild deal. I mean, Simeon's just, he's cutting his grass, starting to edge a little bit, and just feels, you need to get to the temple. And the Bible said he came by the Spirit into the temple and Mary and Joseph came in. Now listen, Jesus did not have a halo around him. There was no like glowing light. I know sometimes people like to take, we have to take the scriptures for what they are. Mary and Joseph walked in. There was nothing about them that made, that, made them, everyone go, whoa. The Son of God just walked in the door with his parents. And he wasn't walking, he was a baby. And when Simeon sees this baby, it was revealed to him he wasn't even going to die until he saw the Lord's salvation. He's looking at an eight-day-old baby. And the Holy Spirit tells him, there's the one, there's the Messiah. And he takes it up and said, Lord, I can die now. I have seen your salvation. He, just, he saw his salvation. He saw a baby. But the Holy Spirit revealed to him, this is the one that we've been waiting for. And he tells that to Mary and Joseph. And don't you know that encouraged them because of all the things that have gone on in their life. And now here's another confirming word and revealing word that the Holy Spirit had the ability to get that guy in the right place at the right time. And by the way, another lady popped in about the same time. She was, a, she was an old prophet that stayed in the, in the temple all the time. And she came in and started talking about that baby too. That was, quite a, that was quite a dedication. We haven't had any like that since we've been here at the ark, but we've had some good ones. But that's a great one. But that's the Holy Spirit. What's he doing? He, he's helping He's revealing. 
He's showing. Because he knows things. Like he knows everything. Because he's God. And he knows everything. Which is really neat. Early ministry of Jesus. We're covering ground tonight. Early ministry of Jesus. John the Baptist spoke of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Luke, third chapter. John answered and said to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. There you go. John said, you think I got something good going on? <laughs> There's somebody coming, and he will baptize you, immerse you in the Holy Spirit and fire. We'll talk about that later. Here's the second one. We see the Holy Spirit on Jesus at the start of his ministry. Again, Luke, the third chapter, when all... the all the people were baptized. It came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove. What was not a dove, like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, which said, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. Now just an interesting note, we have no biblical evidence that any miracles took place in Jesus' life until after this time. Now that's something you can, you can search the scriptures out. People say, well, I know there's, there's these different writings of different people. Listen, listen you, you, want to stay, you want to stay with the scriptures. I know that people have, well, Jesus, you know, healed little people, his friends, and healed little animals when he was going. There is no scriptural basis for that. I mean, it, it sounds like a great hallmark story, but there's no basis for it. And so you, you have to understand that Jesus came as a man. He's God, and as a man, and the Holy Spirit came on him, and after the Holy Spirit came on him is when we begin to see the miracles in Jesus' life. So there was an event that took place. Here it is. And then Jesus referenced the Holy Spirit's equipping him to help people. Again, that's another scripture. Luke 14, 18, 418 says, The Spirit of the Lord, this is Jesus speaking, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So again, we see the, the, the Holy Spirit being referenced by Jesus. He said, the Holy Spirit is upon me because he has anointed me to preach. He has anointed me to heal. He's anointed me to deliver. The anoint means to, you would see it in the Old Testament when they would take oil and they would pour it on the head of a prophet or a priest or a king, and they were anointed. And Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit is on my life to bring good news and to heal and to open the eyes. So Jesus, again, is referencing. In fact, um, Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, said this later on. He said in Acts 10, he said how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So again, you see a reference made to the Holy Spirit's anointing upon. And so it's that anointing upon that equipped Jesus to do the miracles, the amazing things. This is sometimes people say, well, you know, the day of miracles is over. Well, there is no scriptural evidence for that. And, and here's one of the biggest reasons, because there wasn't a day of miracles. There's a God of miracles, and he hasn't changed. He did miracles in the Old Testament. He did miracles under Jesus' time. He did miracles after Jesus had ascended and gone back into heaven. 
and did miracles. And people say, well, all the miracles stopped when all the apostles died. No, they didn't. There, there's still miracles happening today. In fact, I could, I could almost walk around and start pointing to people who have been healed of cancer, who've been given up to die and are still alive. Listen, my wife is one of them. And so we, I, there's all kinds of miracles. God still does miracles because the Holy Spirit hasn't like lost power. Holy Spirit just ever came out and said, Phew, I don't got it today. I can just, amen. <laughs> no, he's, he's still God. And he can still do amazing things. I was, um, one, one of the biggest miracles that I can recall in my life, because when Jesus is talking here, he's talking about being free. I, I can remember back, when, actually when I was in Bible school, and we were just under so much pressure from um, financial pressure, and then Joy lost her job, and, and then we were pregnant with, with Matthew, and all this stuff going on, and all this just weighed on me, and I was just depressed for a long time. And we went to a service one night, and it was a service in ORU's Maybe Center, and it, they were praising and worshiping, and uh, it, it was, I, I was I was ready to hear the, the speaker, and he gets up and he said, he said, the Lord says we just haven't, he said, I just feel impressed that uh, we haven't praised and worshiped him enough. And I'm like, so we're going to sing some more. And so we began to sing some more, and then finally he stopped, and, and uh, he stepped up there. He said, I just have this on my heart. He said, if you've been suffering from depression, he said, I need you to run, not walk down here. And uh, they started playing music again. I just stood there. I remember I looked over at Joy. I, I wish I could explain to you the look <laughs> that, that she gave me. It, it, she, she, she looked at me like, why are you still here? Because I've been living with your sorry, depressed self for a long time. And she, and I thought, if I don't go down there, there, there could be damage done right here. <laughs> so I remember I got out in the aisle and I started walking because I'm way too cool to run. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not running. And I thought, I, I've been so depressed. <laughs> what have I got to lose? So I busted into a little bit of a jog. You know, the Lord's merciful. Because I took about three steps, and I felt like something just dropped on me. And I almost felt like you, it's almost like running into water. And I felt like I just ran into something. And all of a sudden, it's, it's when it lifted off of me, and I was as free as I'd ever been. And I was just so great. Thank you. Now, you might be thinking, oh, Alan, I don't believe that. I was there. <laughs> it happened to me. I, 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 had a, I was talking with a guy on the plane just a few months ago, and uh, we were talking, and, and boy, he just started talking. He just he kept opening doors. I'm finally like, okay, Lord. And uh, I started talking to him, and, and I told him about the Lord and, and a relationship, and he, he was listening. And, uh, and I said, you know, and the Lord healed my wife. He had a friend that was sick. I said, the Lord healed my wife. And he went, let me say, well, you can understand the skepticism that I have about that. <laughs> I said, bro, 
I don't care if you're skeptical or not. I'm the one with the healed wife. And he went, that's a good point. So, <laughs> but my point is this, is, is the Holy Spirit still has the ability to do these things in our life. And there are people who have been set free from, from addictions and, and from depressions and from alcoholism, just all kinds of stuff. Because he's still the same God. And, and Jesus said, I've come to set the captive free. And that's what the Holy Spirit continues to do in people's lives. And he'll do that in your life. So I wish he would. I wish he would set me free. Well, here's the deal. I got a hint for you. And we started with the offering. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Well, just what if? Try, try this for me. What if you begin to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for setting me free from depression. Thank you for setting me free from addiction. Thank you. You say, well, I'm not free yet. Yeah, but here's the deal. But we live by faith, and we trust the Lord. And if he can do it, he can do it. So we just, just, just go ahead and thank him in advance. A friend of mine I was in Bible school with, and he, was, he actually was, a, he was one of the teachers, a little old short guy from, from Allah. He was from Georgia. He had doctorates. He was brilliant, but he was just, he was country. He said he grew up country. He grew up in the Depression. He had eight brothers in, in his family. He was the smallest. He was. He's like five foot nothing. And his name was Doc Horton. And Doc said that in his family on Sundays, his mother would cook biscuits. Now, if you're from the South and if you grew up in the Depression time, you understand that when people used to cook biscuits, that was like dessert because it came with syrup, and we're not talking about broke them out of a can. We're talking about mama made biscuits from scratch. Anybody hungry? I'm hungry. Okay, let's go. But he said, he says, mama make those biscuits. He said, and eight with eight brothers sitting around the table said, man, you know there was a scramble for some biscuits. He said, but at his table, he said, if there was one biscuit at the end of the table, he said, all you had to do was go, thank you for the biscuit. He said, that's all you had to do. He said, and it was your biscuit. And if it had to pass down through all eight of your brothers before it got to your plate, it was coming to you because all you said was, thank you for the biscuit. Since I heard that, I went, oh, won't that preach? So instead of waiting for the biscuit of healing or a, a freedom or addiction to break off of you, why don't you start thanking the Lord now? Lord, thank you for the biscuit. Thank you for the healing. Thank you. You do wonderful things. And if you think about it, isn't that how he got saved? Didn't we say, Lord, I, I confess you as my Lord and Savior before we ever felt a thing? And when we say, well, salvation was Thank you for the salvation biscuit. <laughs> and here we are because you made that step of faith. Isn't that good? And the Holy Spirit's there to help us. I believe a lot of people are going to get some biscuits this weekend. <laughs> some salvation biscuits are coming. But let's don't stop there. Let's believe in freedom biscuits and answer biscuits and healing biscuits. God's good, and he's good all the time. Thank you for the biscuit and your wonderful works to the children of men. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, we're grateful tonight for your goodness. We're grateful for your grace. We're grateful, Father, for what you've provided for us. Thank you that the Holy Spirit lives in us to teach us, to bear witness with our hearts. And Father, we thank you tonight that he's borne witness with our hearts, that freedom is available, peace is available, answers are available in you. We thank you for that ahead of time. Give you all the praise for it. Real quickly now with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you came tonight and you said, I don't even know if I have a relationship with the Lord. I'm not sure of that, but I want to be. Or maybe you're like I was, raised in church, got away from God, and in your heart you're like, I don't want to be here. I want to come back. I want to walk with the Lord again. We're going to say a prayer. Heads are bowed, eyes closed. We're not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front, but this is for you. And if that is you that I'm talking to, and you're like, would you please include me? I want to be sure. I want to come back. Shoot your hand up just real quick across the auditorium. Say, Alan, that's me you're talking to. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It takes courage to do that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Anybody else? Yeah, got you. Anybody else? Great. Great. Way in the back. Got you. Super. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to, but maybe you didn't lift your hand. Listen, you can pray this prayer with us. This is a, a heart prayer, a heart man belief. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's why we pray out loud. So we're going to pray this out loud with you as a church family. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord my Savior is the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Those heads are still bowed. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer tonight. They made a step of faith, and Father, you met them right there. And we thank you for those who've stepped out of darkness into light and for those who've come back home. Thank you for your forgiveness, your acceptance, the new life that we have in you. We give you all the praise for that. And Father, thank you that you continue to reveal to us the amazing riches of our inheritance in Christ. We appreciate it and all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.